0: We're looking at characters in the Bible and this morning we come to a story and the title is called A Sling and a Stone. I don't know if you've ever heard the story of David and Goliath, but we're gonna talk about it today. And I hope that it'll be a blessing for you. We're gonna read 1 Samuel chapter 17, verses 45 through 51. I'm not gonna go through the whole story. First uh, Samuel chapter 17 is really the story. But I want us to start in verse 45. This is when David actually comes into contact with the Philistine, the champ. And look at what he says. Then David said to the Philistine, you come to me with a sword, with a spear, and with a javelin. But I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts. The God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hand, and I will strike you and take your head from you. And this day I will give the carcasses of the camp of the Philistines to the birds of the air and the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. Then all this assembly shall know that the Lord does not save with sword and spear. For the battle is the Lord's and he will give you into our hands. So it was when the Philistine arose and came and drew near to meet David that David hurried and ran toward the army to meet the Philistine. Then David put his hand in his bag and took out a stone and he slung it and struck the Philistine in his forehead so that the stone sank into his forehead and he fell on his face to the earth so David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone and struck the Philistine and killed him but there was no sword in the hand of David therefore David ran stood over the Philistine took his sword and drew it out of his sheath and killed him and cut off his head with it I know that's a very uh, pg-13 story but the bible is true amen In thinking about this story, where does courage come from? And how do we get it when we need it the most? When some type of fear overwhelms us and threatens us? We all have those fears, don't we? We all have those things that threaten our livelihood, that make us think, that bring doubt in our life, that put us in a situation where we're unsure of the outcome. And we feel like cowering down, right? We feel like fleeing. Where can we get courage when fear is knocking at the door? Around 3,000 years ago in a valley, a huge, massive man named Goliath. He stepped out of the Philistine army, one army on this side, God's people. And the Philistines on the other. And this champion, he steps out and he begins to defy. He begins to taunt the army of Israel and its God. For 40 days, he came out and he provoked these warriors of God to fight. But not one of them would accept his challenge. Not even the king and every day as he stepped forward, they would draw back. Look at verse 24 of First Samuel chapter 17. The Bible says, And all the men of Israel, when they saw the man, fled from him and were dreadfully afraid. Then the teenage Hebrew boy, a shepherd, in charge of taking care of his father's sheep, came, and he came not to fight Goliath, he came to feed his brothers, his brave warriors. And he hears this giant speaking blasphemy against the God of Israel. So what does he do? What does David, the shepherd boy, the ready, good-looking boy do? He takes his sling and he takes a stone. And with all confidence, he knocks this giant down and kills him. Many see David as an underdog, you know, some type of Old Testament Rocky Balboa, right? The underdog wins. Brethren, I want to make a note. As children of God, you are not an underdog. You're not an underdog. We serve the Almighty. Brethren, don't forget it. But that's not what this story is about. See, it's not about this underdog coming through. Sure, David was courageous, and that's what we're going to talk about, really, And courage is essential in our spiritual and our physical victories. But what was David's courage in? What was the source? See, that's the story. Three things to consider when we think about the story, David and Goliath, and the lesson will be yours. Can I have a few minutes of your time, brethren? Can I have a few minutes of your time, friend? The first thing to consider is David absolutely trusted in the God of Israel. But before we get to that, before we get to where David's courage came from, I want to ask this question, and I'd like for you to consider it for just a second. Why in the world did Saul the king and his soldiers lack courage? You ever thought about it? Forty days now. For 40 days, this Philistine was chanting and yelling and making fun of God's people. Look with me, if you will, in 1 Samuel chapter 17 and verses 4 through 7. Could it be that the reason why they had no courage was because there was this Philistine that stood about nine feet tall? <laughs> I mean, when I think about somebody tall, I saw the other day three guys standing next to each other. Yao Ming, who's a big guy. And then I saw Shaq, who's a little bit shorter than Yao Ming. And then I saw Kevin Hart, a little bitty guy. Three guys. Yao Ming was the tallest of them all, and I think that he's like seven six. I don't know. I'm not for sure on that. Around that area, big man. But we're not talking about a seven foot guy. We're talking about a nine foot guy. Pretty big guy, right? Probably pretty intimidating. Look at the qualities of this man. Verse four says, and a champion went out from the camp of the Philistines named Goliath from Gath, whose height was six cubits in a span He had a bronze helmet on his head and he was armed with a coat of mail and the weight of the coat was 5,000 shekels of bronze and he had bronze armor on his legs and a bronze javelin between his shoulders. Now the staff of his spear was like a weaver's beam and his iron spearhead weighed 600 shekels and a shield bearer went before him. This dude was a big guy and he carried around big stuff, and he was an intimidator, and he was a champion. Brethren, do we know what a champion means? A champion means you're the top man. Don't nobody mess with you. You have won all the victories. You are the one that everybody looks at. You're the one who everybody says, that's the champ. This very trained, this very experienced champion begins to taunt the soldiers of Israel. You know, how would you feel if you were one of those soldiers? Would you feel like fighting Goliath was absolute suicide? (laughs) I ain't going out there. (laughs) I mean, look at that dude's javelin, man. It's bigger than me who was physically outclassed over everybody. This man yelling out, I wouldn't mess with him. But what about David? Fighting Goliath didn't even kind of look like suicide. Who was physically outclassed himself, wasn't he? Even more than the Israel soldiers, you remember when David, look with me in verse 31, First Samuel chapter 17, verse 31. Follow me. I got a point. Follow me, please. First Samuel chapter 17, verse 31, it says, Now when the words which David spoke were heard, he said, don't worry about it. I can take care of this guy. I'm not worried about this Philistine. He says uh, that the words were reported to Saul and he sent for him. Saul sends for this boy. Then David said to Saul, let no man's heart fail because of him. Your servant will go and fight this Philistine. (laughs) Now here's Saul, got all these soldiers with him. He's got all these mighty guys that can fight with him. And who shows up? This little teenager, Elijah shows up. Ben shows up, right? Hey, don't worry about it, man. I got you. Verse 33, and Saul said to David, you are not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him, for you are youth. Bless your heart. I appreciate it, man. I appreciate the, 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 the courage that you've got. But man, you can't fight him because he's a man of war from his youth. This guy's been fighting and killing people since he was a teenager. You can't even get close to him. What's the difference? At this moment in time, being faced with this uh, situation, the army of Israel lacked something. They lacked courage to face Goliath. You want to know why? Because they had a lack of faith They had a lack of trust in Yahweh. Despite all the stories, despite all the experiences where these men actually saw God show up and show out, Goliath looked bigger than God. (laughs) What about us? What kind of problems do we have in our lives? Is that giant that we're looking at bigger than God? Each man believed that if he went out against this champion, they would end up being bird food. You remember when David comes out, look at verse 43. This Philistine said to David when he saw him, he said, am I a dog that you're going to throw me some sticks? He said, and the Philistine cursed David and his gods. And you know what that Philistine said to David? Come here, man. I'm about to eat your lunch. Come here. I'll give your flesh to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. You want it, big buddy? Come on. Despite all the stories, despite all the experiences where God was with them, they had forgot and Goliath had become bigger than God. But not David. See, it wasn't that he was self-motivated, which he was. That was driving him. See, it wasn't this cool, powerful, courageous American hero, right? (laughs) Now, what fueled David's courage, and I want you to hear this one. If you haven't heard me up to this point, here it is. Now, what fueled David's courage was his trust and his confidence in God's promises and God's power to fulfill them. David did what he did. David was obedient because he believed in his God. Brethren, do we? See, in 1 Samuel chapter 16, just a chapter before this, David is actually anointed by Samuel to be the next king. But you know what else David knew? He knew what God had done for him. You remember when Saul, friendly, his friendly rebuke towards him back in verse 33 when he says, you can't go up against him. You remember what his reply back to him is in verse 34? It says, but David said to Saul, your servant used to keep his father's sheep. And when a lion or a bear came and took a lamb out of the flock, I went out after it and struck it. And delivered the lamb from its mouth and when it rose against me I caught it by its beard and struck and killed it. Your servant has killed both lion and bear and this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them seeing he has defiled Seeing he has defied the armies of the living God. Verse 37, and I want you to just pay attention to this one. Brethren, when you're struggling and you don't trust and you have some doubts, I want you to remember what David said in verse 37. Moreover, David said, The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear, he will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. See, it wasn't his training. Man, could you imagine killing a lion or a bear, (laughs) y'all? I mean, really? I mean, I'd have to tell y'all about it, man. This one time I was up in the Rocky Mountains, all right? Now check it out. So here we was, and first time ever up there, and all of a sudden this mountain lion ran out. And you know what I did? I grabbed that thing and broke its neck because it was trying to attack us. But I wouldn't mention one thing about God doing it, right? David in the midst of this big deal, in midst of a a bunch of scaredy cats, really, not wanting to face this giant, what does David say? There's this time where I was attacked by a lion. There was this time that this bear was closing in on the sheep. But it didn't matter because I was able to overcome it because God was with me. And now in the situation where I can stand up and I can actually show somebody who I believe in, I know without a doubt that God is going to be with me. Brethren, what an application for our lives. Huh? Why do we shut it down? Why do we not believe? Why do we not stay motivated to do Jesus stuff? Because a little bitty giant comes in our way and we do just like those spies back in Moses' day and we say, it's like grasshoppers, we're like grasshoppers to these folks. We can't do it. Forgetting the whole time who you serve. Brethren, you ain't no underdog. Get it out of your head. You a champ. These things brought him absolute courage, but see, it wasn't self-confidence. It was God confidence. Brethren, are we confident in our God? David knew God would never break his promise. And if Goliath was going to make himself an obstacle in front of God... God could deal with him, even with a little bitty pebble. David saw God as something. Brethren, do we do we see God as bigger? Do we see God as stronger? Do we see God as mightier than the Philistine in our life? So he goes out. And knows that the Lord would give him the victory. Now brethren, that's trusting and obeying. Amen? And before the battle even begins, David declares victory. The battle's the Lord's. And he will deliver you into my hand. I love that song, don't you? The battle belongs to the Lord. The second thing to consider is this, and I want to ask you this. What's the source of our courage? Our courage courage as a Christian should be generated from our trust in the Lord. Amen? How much do we believe in the Lord? And how much do we believe in what He says? See, for the Christian, a lack of courage... The writer of Hebrews talks about it. He calls it shrinking back. He calls it drawing back. The Bible in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 37, it says, For yet a little while, and he who is coming will come and will not tarry. Now the just shall live by faith, but if anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. We will always have a Goliath, challenging, taunting, wanting to humiliate us. And when that Goliath hits us, well, the only thing that we'll be able to say is just how weak and pathetic we are. (laughs) How inadequate we are to really face him. Hey, this is real talk. fighting just seems impossible you know it, it just the thought of it it makes me afraid a whole army god's people didn't do anything are we those people are we tired of serving god and we just want to sit on the pew and check our little baby box are we ready to make a change Are we ready to know that the victory belongs to the Lord and people need to hear the gospel? It's powerful. It saves. It saved us. Amen. Why will I let Goliath ruin it for me? Let's be honest, though. We all face fear, don't we? We all face that fear of the uncertain, especially when Goliath's standing in our face and he's taunting us. So did David. If you would turn in your Bibles with me real quick to Psalm chapter 3. I want to read something to you. Psalm chapter 3. David, he's such a helpful example for us. Not only because he fueled his confidence and courage with trust in the Lord to face Goliath, but listen to this, brethren. He also frequently felt fearful himself. And you know what he had to do? You want to know how he was able to overcome it? He encouraged his soul again and again by remembering God's promises. Look what the Bible says, Lord, how they have increased to trouble me. Verse one, many are they who rise up against me and listen to what people will say. Many are they who say of me, there is no help for him in God. Where's your God at? He ain't answered your prayer yet. Why are you still praying to him? Why are you still serving him? Why are you doing that? Look at how big of a problem you got and you're going to lean on God in that situation? (laughs) That giant's nine foot tall. When will it come the day When we all in, you know what? I'm all in, but not really. I need to be more in. How about you? I need to do a little bit more. The Bible tells us that we need to increase all the more. You want to know why Paul kept going? Because he wanted to grow. He wanted to be better. You want to know why Jesus in the garden said, you know what, even though I want to shut it down right now, I'm going to keep going because his mind was right, because he trusted and he obeyed. David knew who his God was. Verse 3 says, But you, O Lord, are a shield for me, my glory and the one who lifts up my head. I cried to the Lord with my voice and he heard me from his holy hill. I lay down and slept. I awoke for the Lord sustained me. I will not be afraid of 10,000s of people who have set themselves against me all around. Arise, O Lord, save me, O my God. For you have struck all my enemies on the cheekbone. You have broken the teeth of the ungodly. Salvation belongs to the Lord. Your blessings is upon your people. The battle belongs to the Lord. That's who I'm putting my trust in. The last thing to consider, and then the lesson will be yours, is this. Don't let fear cause unbelief. David's Faith, his trust, and obedience to the Lord made him courageous. Think about it. When he heard that Philistine defying the living God that he served and uh, disrespecting the army, it made David upset. Goliath's taunts, Goliath's scare tactics were an absolute slap in the face to Jehovah And when no one stepped up to defend God's name because they were weak, David wouldn't tolerate it. Are we going to be the ones to stand up for God's name? Or are we comfortable... You know, God's people were blessed with a place where they didn't build. They drunk from wells that they didn't make. And you know what they did? Who are you, God? Huh. See, our fears show us where we're at spiritually. Are we going to let God look weak? Or are we going to let the giant... Disrespect God's character to the point that in our minds we say, God, you're non-existent. Or will we stand up to our fears and not let them intimidate us to unbelief? As children of God, we are to take every thought into captivity. You remember what Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 10? He said, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity and saying, what would Jesus do? We're to armor up, aren't we, brethren? To be ready to stand against the wiles of the devil. Ephesians chapter six, verse 11, putting on the whole armor of God. See, we're to aim to destroy. These giants that we face in our lives, the ones that feel like we never can overcome will be slain just like David's when we continue to trust and obey. And finally, the thought. If our confidence to face These giants are not driven by our trust and obedience to the Lord. And it's put in self-confidence and it's put in ways that we think should be the best. We don't get the blessing God has in store for us. When our confidence is in the living God and our confidence is in His promises that He has made for us, then we believe the Bible and we believe what it says. I want to close out with a verse that we all know so very well, but it's so very true. And we know, brethren, that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose. Whatever giant you're facing, remember who you serve. He's mightier than anything you've got going on in your life. And he'll help you along the way. Jesus said, I'll never leave you or forsake you. Maybe you're here today and you need prayers. Maybe you're here today and you're struggling in your life. We can pray with you. But friend, if you're here today and you're not a Christian, please, I'm pleading with you. Be reconciled to God. He sent his son to die for you so that you could be with him forever. Wash all the sins away. Just like Danny read, Romans 6. Buried in your sin and raised to walk in newness of life. Jesus said, he who believes and is baptized will be saved. Please come right now and be baptized as we stand and as we sing.